Okay, hello, welcome back to Adrenaline. My name is Neil Helligers. I am, as ever, your dutiful host. And, uh, you know, as we've talked about, I'm not just your host. Um, I have been a voice actor. I've worked for uh, for Realm a bunch of times. And one of my favorite things about it is uh, being part of the process about how shows are made here at Realm. Because um, it, it, we're, it's a, you know, it's not a massive company. Um, it's a bunch of really dedicated producers working with the writers, working with the voice actors to make these stories happen for you. So what I'm very happy to bring to you guys right now is an interview with Sam Bush, the writer of Overleaper. And and the producer, Diana Foe. They're gonna talk all about how Overleaper came to be. But of course, one of the ways that Overleaper came to be is this sponsor right here. Hello, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for listening and also to explain why you might hear ads like this before, during, or even after an episode. We're a small but mighty team here at Realm and to help fund our shows, we promote products or services that we think you'd enjoy from a variety of sponsors. If any of our ads interest you, one of the best ways to support us is by visiting the link or using the promo code in the ad. It's pretty much a win-win since you can get some great deals and we can keep making awesome shows like this one. You can also visit realm.fm partners for more information about our sponsors and how to access the different promotions. Thanks again for joining us in our corner of the universe. Listen away. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. And okay, that is enough uh, chatting in the lobby, as it were. For now, I'm your host, Neil Helligers, and here is a peek behind the curtain at the making of Overlieber. Hello, listeners. This is Diana M. Foe. I am a story producer here at Realm, and I am super, super excited to talk to the writer of Overlieber, Sam Bush. Sam, hi. Thank you again for joining us today. Hi, Diana. How are you? It's been extremely exciting, and I know our listeners are just fascinated by this world you presented in Overleaper, have been enjoying our actress starring it, Thor Birch. But also, I want to take a moment to really explore the depths of the Overleaper world, the thought process you had into writing the show, and you know, exploring the context that listeners might have gotten a sense of as they've been enjoying the show with us. So thank you again for joining us here today. Oh yeah, um, my pleasure. So let's like start with talking a bit about the inspiration behind Overleaper. Now, what are the, the origins of the show and what drove you to write it? I think probably the way I started it was I, I had just come off reading Blake Crouch's Dark Matter and Jason Matthews wrote uh, Red Sparrow. And uh, between those, uh, that sci-fi thriller and that spy thriller, I, you know, I had, I think, maybe the inklings of, of the story at that point. And, and I had just gone to uh, this great dinner with, uh, with six Navy SEALs, 
where my wife and I were, uh, were having dinner with them. And, uh, and I definitely think that that, you know, inspired some of the, the military aspects of that. And I just, you know, woke up one morning and I, uh, I didn't have any idea what I was going to write, but I think really it was just maybe the easiest thing I've ever written. Yeah, that's really fascinating. It's great how sometimes it can seem like happenstance when inspiration strikes. And it also makes you come across like, yeah, all of my my Navy SEAL buddies and I went out to dinner and I just came home and thought of an idea for a book. <laughs> that, that also sounds like a whole story in itself. And we can talk a little bit more about the background research you've done while writing this show too in a little bit. But first, what really pulled me in is the concept of just parallel universes. I love a good sci-fi tale that takes uh, a little bit of a different skewed perspective of how we normally see the world. And I was curious about your you know, experience researching the science-ish part of the show. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not a professional researcher or definitely not a scientist. And I wish I were more like Michael Crichton because he probably could have done a a much different interpretation of of the multiverse and the research around that. But I did, you know, do some research into quantum mechanics and multiverse theory. And, you know, not as much had been written in the fiction world when I first wrote Overleaper as, you know, has been written now. But um, I think I give the reader, you know, just enough with uh, Oscar Orrington's character, the physicist, you know, to understand the the multiverse and and, you know, how different timelines work and maybe some some physics behind that but really it's pretty sparse and uh and this is you know more of a story than um than a sci-fi hard sci-fi tale yeah i definitely agree with that too and what i think is really interesting about overleaper is it's simultaneously a cross genre show that seems to mash up the the military thriller you know elements of family drama elements of, you know, high concept sci-fi, but have it all be presented in a very accessible, absorbable way. And I'm glad you mentioned Dr. Orrington because I think his role, even though it's minor in context of the entire show, really sets up the listener in believing, okay, if you've never heard about parallel universes before, here's a super 101 introduction about what we're talking about uh, in a way that is extremely absorbable, but also really fascinating because I think parallel universes nowadays just seems to be a popular topic happening in sci-fi. And, you know, even like five years ago, there wouldn't have been as much buzz about, you know, the multiverse, but I think now it's just popping up everywhere. I'm thinking about, you know, uh, films like Doctor Strange and the Universe of Madness, which is part of like the Marvel phase three, I think, is it three or four? One of those phases, but they definitely had built up this element of the multiverse in the MCU that is now really paying off in interesting ways. Uh, and I'm also thinking about, you know, the indie film, Everything, Everywhere at Once, which is absolutely amazing and mind-blowing. And I cried several times. I just think that parallel universes have cropped up in a way that, used to be a very hardcore sci-fi concept, but it's now become more of a pop culture cachet. And do you have any thoughts about why people are so fascinated by it at this specific moment? Sure. I mean, I think that, the, you know, the multiverse is is now getting more attention because 
maybe five, 10 years ago, a lot more research on quantum mechanics has been done. The original concept of a multiverse goes back to the 1960s. And there was, you know, there was science behind it then. But with, you know, the advent of modern physics and, and string theory, there's more plausibility behind it. And I think that that's something that, you know, that viewers of Doctor Strange and Everything Everywhere Now at Once, which are great uh, movies, I love them both. They kind of skip by the science entirely, which is fine, but there is science behind it. And, and I think that, you know, storytellers like to be at the cutting edge of something, you know, whether it was time travel in the 1950s through really still present or, um, you know, other elements. I mean, I mentioned Michael Crichton and, you know, how he was at the cutting edge of uh, writing about DNA with Jurassic Park. Those are the kinds of things that you really want to get your hands on as a storyteller when, when it's new. And at some point, probably multiverse stories are going to be old hat. But, but even so, I think that, that done right, it's just an element of a story. Just like, you know, time travel had been around forever when the Terminator series came out, but it was done in a unique and interesting way. And I think uh, the movies that you mentioned, and, and I think also Overleaper, they take that concept and they don't make that the core element of it. It's, it's an element of it, but there's, you know, there's a lot more to the story. It's really, it's sort of a multiverse story. And that's just also sort of just one of the elements of it. Right. No, that's very true. And, and I'm also thinking of like, it just hit me now, like Quantum Leap did a reboot. And, and I think parallel universes are just really having a moment because you're right, the science is there. It makes it more understandable uh, in interesting ways that can just, you know, scratch an itch in people's brains. I also think, and this is my total like opinion, grain of salt thing, is that we, uh, you know, as a culture right now are, are really thinking like, oh, are we in the darkest timeline? Are, do we doom ourselves? You know, are we are we trapped in the the end results of our own circumstances? And what can we do, even if it is a flight of fancy or, or a sci-fi premise, like escape that, you know, present time that we've built ourselves up towards? So, so I do think there's a lot of common between parallel universes and time travel, because it they both, I think, to an extent, talk about how people deal with regret, mm. you know, and thinking about the what ifs. But like, you know, to steer into my next question, you know, not only is this like a, a, a sci-fi story, but it's also a military thriller. And Audrey Beach is a staff sergeant. She's an air commando uh, who has a history embedded with special forces. And, and that's what also drew me to the show, because we know that uh, women are still you know, marginalized in different ways in the martial forces. And Audrey talks a lot about, you know, the challenges she faces uh, just by existing, you know, in the military, uh, especially in a very elite force. I'm just curious, like one, you know, what kind of research or like what was your thought process? Who did you talk to other than those, you know, Navy SEALs you hang out with in like building up her character and just, learning about the whole like military structure in, that you mentioned in the story, but also is she particularly like inspired by anyone you know in real life in any sort of way? You know, well, she's not inspired by anybody that I know in real life, but her character really is one of a compilation of a lot of different people and a lot of different experiences. And like you hit on, women just really in all elements of society 
have been marginalized, but also I think it's really much more of a story of how um, women are breaking into areas that that had been cut off to them in the past. Um, when I wrote Overleaper, there there were no women in air combat controller roles, um, and I believe that's just starting to change. In fact, there was a, an article just the the other week about Air Force uh, special operations and women, but but also women are now in the Green Berets, which is uh, you know the special forces, which instead of special operations is usually really everything else, but special forces, Green Berets, and um, and women have made you know progress in just so many elements of society that it's it's normal to to see that they're making progress in these uh, combat roles and not just combat roles but elite combat roles. So you know that's part of that's part of who um, Audrey is, but also the military background is really just you know part of her background and it it starts the story off, but it's really not a military story. She's a military character in a non-military story, I would say. And, you know, I think that what makes Audrey important is that she's suffered a lot of trauma in divorce, in the death of her parents, and in avoiding it because of spoiler territory. But other, her um, second half, her twin, and and the extra uh, trauma that, that that version of herself has, has endured uh, is really, I think, what makes her human and what drives her and um, what what drew me to the character also. Uh, so so I think she's, you know, she's much more than that, than just a, a military character, though she, she does have that background in it and makes her, um, I think, really, really fun to engage with and also someone that, you know, we all can kind of look up to. Yeah, I, I definitely find Audrey extremely relatable, particularly because I just know a lot of people in my life that have that same sense of humor. <laughs> You know, it's like when push comes to shove, you, you just crack a joke, and you know, to try to break the tension. And that's very much part of her personality. And yeah, and just having that very realistic, like grounded approach and mindset, you know, makes her extremely relatable, like as a character. One of the things that that sometimes when I see it happening in like a media, you know, what are their like a book or TV show or something, but like, why does character make that decision? It doesn't make any sense, you know, and having her go through like her, like thought process of just being very like logical, Oxum's razor when you have to like, you know, I just really, really appreciate that a lot. I guess like to turn back to interesting things you might've encountered when writing this book. Are there any particular side notes or facts that you learned either on the science end, on the military end or anything in between that you want to include the story, but it didn't actually make the the final cut of the show. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are there are little things like that. I think that a lot, frankly, got cut along the way. Whether it was um, my own editing after the first draft, or you know, other readers, or my agent, or you, uh, and 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 you know, the great <laughs> team. Um, th- there were jokes that got cut. There were major kind of uh, background plot points that I think got changed. And there was uh, there were there were elements of the story that are different, but I think ultimately it it got pressed into a diamond by people you know far more capable than me. And I think that the the final story is really very close to what what it started out with. 
and and sure there you know there there are elements of the science that that I removed and there were military pieces that weren't appropriate there were bad guys and I mean I cut entire characters it's just you know things like that happen and um and it's it's better for it in the end uh you know any writer will will agree that it's painful but um but when you have such a a nice product and and I'm so happy to have you know Thor Birch reading it uh, along with all the other you know great actors it's um it's just it's just wonderful to see you know what this production became thank you you know it's been such a wonderful process just working with you and just bringing this show to uh, its course and and you're right it is very much like being something being pressed into a diamond it's a lot of pressure but you know but in the end it's it's worth it one of the uh, other elements i wanted to touch base on i mentioned earlier uh, my observation about parallel universes and what ifs and how people are attracted to that so much. Uh, I think in this story, you know, we have someone who is a soldier, but also a mother, a parent. And Overleaper seems to explore that path not taken in a sense. Like, what if, what do you do if you try to prioritize your career or if you try to prioritize your family and what's gained and what's lost? So that theme like strike you at all while creating the show? Did it make you like think about how you approached her character and the choices she makes? Yeah, I mean, I think that that between the fact that this is a multiverse story in some core of it and Audrey's character also, uh, it, it kind of demands that. I think, you know, a lot of people in the military would tell you that they are pulled between two worlds, especially when they're out on deployment for years they are pulled away from their families, you know, regardless of what their families may look like. But for Audrey, she's got a daughter, she's got a husband, and uh, and she's, like lots of us, she's filled with regret over what happened in her life, the divorce, what happened with her daughter, and and just the years apart. And, and I think she is haunted by the what-ifs. And it's to an extent that, um, you know, her her doppelganger is willing to come back and and risk everything to not to set anything right, not to change the past, but really just to avenge the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it uh, relatable. And uh, it's it's core to who Audrey is to have those regrets. And I think it's, it's core to a lot of people who have been in similar situations to her. Mm-hmm. And it makes it like so... Uh, it makes it feel like so much more than like an action show too, when it has uh, kind of like messages you can walk away from and really have conversations about. And I, I think that's one of the beautiful elements about a really strong science fiction story or premise is that it's more than just the science behind it, but it's about the the circumstances, the big questions that we ask ourselves as people all the time. Hello, friend. This is Neil Helligers, host of Adrenaline Realms Thriller Channel, and I'm here to talk to you a little bit more about the Greenlight app. And this message is, of course, sponsored by Greenlight, but I was using, our family was using the Greenlight app uh, even before the first ad in a wonderful, thrilling, cosmic coincidence, right? See what I did there? So again, to catch you up, Greenlight is a debit card and a money app that's made for families. Basically, the way it works is that parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving. And you can see exactly how much money they have in their account. And there's different ways to give them money. What we've been doing is on a, like a weekly allowance, a certain amount that goes into his account every week. 
So in order to further the conversation about money and about earning, uh, we're using Greenlight as a kind of a foundation for that conversation. Uh, in other words, instead of just the allowance he gets for certain base things that he's expected to do around the house, uh, we are also adding the chore feature, which is certain one-time payments for certain one-time jobs. For example, in our house, we're trying to encourage our son to start walking the dog more. He's old enough for it, he's responsible enough for it, and he's done it enough that he knows what to do. So he can really see that for all those extra times that he steps up and does the dog walk, he gets rewarded for that job well done. And this is the conversation. In life, when you work a little extra harder, you get a little extra compensation and you can either save that up or spend it how you like. And we're not alone in this. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's a very easy and very convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and for families to navigate life together. So sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash adrenaline. That's greenlight.com slash adrenaline to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash adrenaline. Slash, 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 slash. So thrilling, right? Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. But uh, to wrap our, our like serious conversations about things with uh, something fun and light, if you had the ability to travel the multiverse, what alternate dimension would you hope to find? Oh man, that is fun. Well... I assume that in the multiverse, there would be a one timeline with uh, zero calorie delicious chocolate. And I would definitely, <laughs> I would definitely be looking to, to, you know, to have that. I guess also in, in a multiverse of infinite possibilities, there would be one without any war, without any environmental pollution. And I think really maybe the bigger question is, and you brought it up earlier, the multiverse makes us look at the what ifs for what could be happening now, but also if it's a possibility on an infinite number of timelines, then it's a possibility now. And if there is a world without pollution, then why can't we make it in our current world? And, uh, and so I think that that's really what, you know, what drives a lot of us to enjoy these types of stories. It also makes us wonder um, what we could do to make the world a better place, make our own lives a better place, and um, maybe get some of that uh, zero cal chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that that is a really great answer, and it's I, I love your your optimistic view too. Like that's I, that's actually something um, I hadn't really thought about as much, and I think it does make the show, but also the concept of other timelines much more, you know, forgiving and optimistic about ourselves and our world than previously thought. So thank you, thank you so much for sharing that. So in the process of developing Overly into a show, uh, you know, let's just touch base about that whole journey because Overleaper originally did not start off as an audio drama, but it was a book. And I'm pretty interested in like hearing your thoughts, Sam, but what was the process like for your end? And I can talk a little bit about my end about developing this for audio. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, uh, I wrote Overleaper in 2019. Uh, I wrote it, I think, in something like four months, 90,000 words uh, as a book. It just, 
it just came right out. It was, uh, it was the right time and the right place for me. Uh, and that was the easy part in a way in retrospect, uh, except for now, which is definitely the easy part. But, uh, then my, my excellent, uh, agent Gina Penetieri shopped it around a bit and, and we decided that the best fit for it was actually with Realm. Uh, and at that time it, we weren't sure, I think whether it was going to be a podcast, uh, audio drama, uh, narrated book. It really, you know, we didn't really know, but, um, but what ended up happening from my perspective was just the absolute best thing that could have been done. It was made into, obviously, as as the listeners probably know, it was made into this show that, that they were listening to now. And, uh, from that point, Diana and Fred, um, were really instrumental in um, in helping make changes to make it fit, you know, cutting it a bit, <laughs> maybe more than a bit, and and making some changes here and there. At some point, you know, you really took over, Diana, and and I kind of sat back. And this is really the, the great part is getting to have it be out there and be something that I enjoy listening to. And I kind of almost feel like I didn't write it. Because like I'm because a lot of a lot of writers I don't know I don't like to read my own work it's painful sometimes anything but but listening to to someone like Thora Birch or you know the rest of the cast read these lines doesn't feel like listening to my own voice the same way that other things do and it's really a very pleasant experience. Well, thank you. Yeah, and for for listeners out there. Fred uh, Greenhodge is our head of audio, and he helped me adapt, you know, Overleaper into a show. And I also had some really great support from other members of my content team. So I'm just going to give them a shout out to Nicole Otto, Marco Pomeri, and Michael Coulter. They're all colleagues of mine, fellow producers. They like gave input, you know, in one way or another towards the development of the show. And I'm really appreciated for them too. And that just shows that the biggest difference between like working in books and working in this podcast space that we're in, uh, particularly in audio drama, it is like theater. It is such a collaborative effort. It is, everyone has this vision that we hold together, you know, like this, you know, glowing orb or something, our North Star, and really working towards refining the show that just be something that we can all be on board with. And it's been such an extreme pleasure, you know, to work with you at the Sun Sam. And I'm really glad that you've trusted us to make it the final way and it came out so well. And I guess like, you know, if you want to give a particular reaction comment, when you heard that Thora was cast, what did you think? Oh, so I, I loved it. So I think that I, I read the email with my wife, sitting right next to me and and I do think that that Thora Birch is is better known among among women than among men but I was I had heard the name and I immediately looked her up and you know uh, a lot of great things and I remembered her in things I remembered her in American Beauty and uh the little girl in the Patriot game but my wife was like hocus pocus you know so um and uh and I have other friends who um know her best from Ghost World and really, I think that I credit you guys at Realm, um, not just for Overleaper, but frankly, across the board with the talent that you have put together for your shows. Um, I, I really think there's something, you know, pretty winning here and I love it. 
Oh, great. Thank you. And I hope our listeners out there continue to have these like same feelings we're sharing right now. So thank you very much, Sam, for like all of your input, all of like the love that you shared, the trust that you gave us, the creative insights. It really helps bring the show to life. Great. And thank you to Diana and your whole team. This has just uh, been a great experience. Thanks again, Sam, for everything. And thank you listeners out there for enjoying Overleaper so far. You know, we really hope that you continue to enjoy it for the rest of the show. And we'll bring it back to the second half. Again, thank you so much. So thank you first so much to Sam and Diana for that great look behind the curtain of Overleaper, looking under the Overleaper, whichever you prefer. And especially, you know, these days where we have artificial intelligence engines starting to make creative choices for people, which is crazy. Um, It's good to have that reminder that the best storytelling comes from that collaboration between real humans who are passionate about their stories that they want to tell and working together to make that happen. Um, Maybe uh, one day we'll do a little uh, behind the scenes interview in my little booth here so you can see how how, uh, adrenaline comes together. Uh, Spoiler, it's just the same story. It's just me working with Realm's awesome producers. (laughs) That's about it. Anyway, more exciting than that is Overleaper episode six coming your way very, very soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Neil, your host on Adrenaline, and this is Realm. Take care. You're listening to Adrenaline Overleaper. Created and produced by Realm, your portal to another world. Listen away. Anna Sheridan, New York Times bestselling author of Supernatural Horror. Missing for nearly six months now. That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I turn to the Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierce the veil, so to speak. Weak radio signal. 700 meters. Closing fast. There's no place for ghost stories and close encounters in this investigation, or any other. I need you to find me. Of course. What else would it be? The Sheridan Tapes, a serialized horror mystery podcast. Stream the complete series today on Realm and on all podcasting platforms. Adrenaline is produced by Mary Osadolahi and Haley Wagreich. Associate produced by Nicole Kreuter and Alexis Latshaw. Executive produced by Molly Barton, Julian Yap, and Marcy Wiseman. Hosted by Neil Helligers. Audio editing by Angela Yee. Original theme by Marcus Bagala. Cover art by Kendall Thomas. Find more shows like Adrenaline by following Realm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at realm.fm.